Hey there, it's Megan, and you're listening to Better Product, the show where we celebrate great products and the people and processes that make them stronger. You may have heard of the idea of community-led growth before. In product, community-led growth is a strategy where you let your product's avid fans lead the way in getting attention for your product. But Christian and I are starting to see community and product in a different light. We're finding more and more companies try their hand at creating community-led products. This is when online communities inspire or create products of their own. Today, Christian is speaking with someone who knows what this is like from experience. Sly Tannenbaum started learning about finance through a Reddit community of investors. Now, he's the head of design for Urban Finance, a company building The Terminal, the world's first social platform for retail investors and investment education. He explains the challenges and benefits of building products for a community and how he sorts out signals from noise when making design decisions. Let's hear more. All right. So, all right. Uh, on today's episode of Better Product, we're joined by Sylvester, or better known as Sly Tannenbaum, the head of design at Irvin Finance. Uh, we found out about this through the Better Product community, and here we're going to have him tell us more about it. So Sly, first off, thank you for joining us on the show and uh, uh, give us a little bit of background on how you got started at, at Irvin and, and what Irvin is. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Uh, this is, this is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So, so Irvin finance, I'll, I'll start with, with kind of the company and, and, and tell you my involvement. So, you know, our objective is to become, uh, the the only finance focused social platform uh, that enables uh, you know high quality uh, that enables uh, collaborative research with high quality data and tools um, and providing a you know an educational on ramp for financial literacy right um, that's that's the company and we'll, we'll talk some more about the product as as we go you know as far as as my involvement goes it's it's kind of interesting so if if you've kept up over the last year and some change with the whole GameStop, uh, you know, the GameStop mania, AMC, you know, Reddit, uh, the, the sneeze in January, all these events that have kind of occurred The you know, the, the very, it's, it's funny to look at. It's funny to watch from the outside. And, and there's certainly, uh, uh, moments that, that stick out as, as being interesting, but, uh, it, what, what folks don't really advertise out there is that it's, it's, it's a really kind of inclusive, movement that it's become right and it's attracting people from all over you know all walks of life all over the world different professions industries whatnot and so you know i got attracted to that early uh in the year last year right when when you know i was looking i said, like, yeah i need to invest and i got robin hood and i got a couple more apps it's like you know let me let me move some money around let me maybe purchase a couple of stocks and the GameStop happened, right? The, you know, the January sneeze is what they call it. It went up and then it crashed. And I was like, what the heck is this? So I started digging and it just, you know, it just like with, with most uh, rabbit holes, right. It, it kind of led me on this, on this journey of, of learning about the markets, learning about market structure, uh, learning about how our capital markets actually operate the, you know, the relationships between government and the fed and the, you know, uh, the, the markets themselves and the exchanges and the, the self-regulating organizations that, that are supposed to, to keep the markets honest. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I went down this rabbit hole and learned about all of this stuff. Uh, and I was, you know, I'm an ape 
if you if you look at you know not not to not to turn people off but if you look at kind of the the whole uh, GME and Super Stonk and all these these communities on Reddit, right? The the name of apes is these, you know, the apes that invest in GME and AMC. And I was in. I was like, this, you know. This Wait, so has... ape is like a thing? You're not like ape is a thing. I'm not making that. So up. Tell, all right, tell, so let's let's let, let's define that so people know what, what you mean when you say ape. <laughs> well, so there, there's a couple of definitions. Uh, I think the 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 colloquial kind of agreed upon backronym is all people equal um you know somebody came up with it uh just to represent how all retail investors are equal we're all the same right uh but i think that the term actually came back from before that there's there's evidence in like uh, a paintings there was a painting done like some classical painting done that was uh referencing the tulip uh mania so if, if you if you ever heard about this the tulip bulb squeeze and crash right like this tulip speculation thing right and the painting shows uh common like speculators as monkeys as apes mm-hmm. right uh, and then over the years, you know, it becomes, it's become kind of a derogatory term, you know, like, oh, well, is you're dumb as a monkey or you're dumb as an ape or apes, you know, don't understand it. And then it, over time, it just became this term and on the communities in Reddit, it started out as the R word actually in Wall Street bets. Uh, they, they use the R word a lot. And obviously uh, that's not, that doesn't have mass market appeal and it, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's offensive. And so uh, somebody decided to change it to ape and it's stuck. You know, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting and, and illustrative way of, of creating that, that equality between everybody. So, you know, none of us know anything. And another term is the term smooth brain versus wrinkle brain, uh, that you've probably run into apes are smooth. brained. Most, okay. most apes are smooth brained, which means that we're not very smart. We don't know very much about the stock market and we rely upon the wrinkle brained apes, the silverbacks, uh, to teach us, right? Okay. Dave, our CEO is one such silverback and he's been publicly recognized on the forum as a silverback ape, you know, wrinkliest ape, whatever, because it's, you know, the, 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 the real relationship is that these folks are professionals that understand the finance world and they can speak and communicate in a way that makes sense to your average or average, your, your kind of a, a prototypical individual investor, retail investor. Okay. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So your <laughs> journey. No, this is good background. So if I, it sounds like the, the ape turn, you're calling yourself an ape. You're sort of new to it. You're maybe, you know, ignorant of all of the mechanics of how trading really works and all that, but you're interested and you're curious. Mm-hmm. Then you have your CEO, Dave, who's a uh, silverback, who does know all this stuff, but maybe serves as this way to help translate that complex world to, to, to the other people. Is that sort it's, of yeah, categorize where you are in your story. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that explains it perfectly. That explains so it perfectly. In your journey as you're sort of learning this, so where did uh, Irvin come into come into yeah. your life? Yeah. So I was, you know, I was in the community. I was posting and I'd make memes every now and then and I'd post cool stuff and you know, I mostly low-key. And then one of the moderators um of Super Stonk, which is kind of the the biggest uh GameStop Reddit community right now, um, or the most active anyways, um, he was a moderator. Uh, of the group, Alex Cohen. He's our C- our, our, our COO, uh, and he actually helped build Superstonk. And you know, he basically doxed himself. He came out. He said, "Hey, I'm you know resigning from my moderator position. I'm going on to do other cool things. Here's who I am. Here's what I've done. Stay tuned." And he you know he shared his LinkedIn, and I was at Chase at that time, and 
It's like, okay, this sounds interesting. I message him. I was like, hey, uh, if it, it, I'm Sly, this is what I do. Uh, if you guys need any help with whatever it is that you guys are doing, just drop me a line. And he reached out like a week later, maybe a couple of days later. Like, yeah, actually, we really want to talk to you. <laughs> so that started the conversation going. And I, you know, I met him. I met Dave. I met Zach. Um, and we, we very early on we clicked. Uh, you know, they they he came to me. I said, look, we we see this opportunity. Um, we see this, this new market space opening up and we see the hunger that all of these apes have, right? All these people, these retail investors have for knowledge about market structure, for knowledge about how the markets work, uh, for the ability to have like really good data. Uh, we're, 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 we're going to put together, you know, this, this thing, uh, Dave is going to lead it. Zach's going to, you know, build all the infrastructure and I'm going to, you know, run operational and community stuff. What do you think? Uh, and, and, you know, why don't you come and show us what you can do? And, and, you know, the relationship kind of blossomed from there up, up, up to the point where, you know, here, here I am. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's, it's been a lot of fun. That's really cool. So I, I want to dig into some of the themes that I've like picked up on. And so I guess I'll share, I have Robin hood. I've, I followed, I follow this world obviously not enough. Cause I don't know all the lingo, but, <laughs> but it has been fascinating to, to me on the outside because I've always been familiar with stocks uh, for a long time, but I have noticed that there's been a community that's built around this. And I think when I, before, maybe a few years ago, I always just kind of thought, well, people are interested in stock. It's, it's this particular type, this wall street type. It's all just about making money, whatever. There's nothing to learn there, but it seems like that's not the case. At least what I've seen, there seems to be this huge community. So from your perspective, before we dive into, to what you're building with terminal, why, why is the community such a big part of equities or securities or, 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 or stock trading? Yeah, well, I, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we're, we're social creatures. Um, we, we enjoy congregating with like-minded individuals. Uh, we all enjoy ascribing to a bigger cause, to a bigger concept of purpose and meaning, right? And... And for a lot of people getting into the stock market now um, and seeing what they've seen since 2008 and before, it's it's a way of of building wealth and incre- you know improving their their lot in life and, and their position in life through an instrument that has been typically reserved for elites and professionals and and kind of this this uh, 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 you know club with a high barrier to entry. So that's kind of the starting position. Then the communities are critical because, you know, everybody is, is distributed around the country and everybody knows or at least gets the feeling that, that there's a lot more under the surface that they don't know. And so by coming together in this community, they can ask questions, you know, there's, there's a lot of conversation going and very quickly what happens is that you end up with this, you know, distributed processing network essentially right Mm -hmm. where you have a ton of different people congregating in one place talking about this and every conversation uh uh, uncovers a new piece of information or it uncovers a new detail or it uncovers a new question uh and and for so many of these folks which you know highly online maybe they're tech professionals you know maybe they're industry professionals in other industries or maybe they're just blue collar workers who do any kind of any range of 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 uh 
of uh, work, they want to learn more. And they have all of these resources at their disposal, right? Reddit is free. Um, you know, conversations are free. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's created this, this, um, this agglomeration of, of, mm. of kind of disparate perspectives that comes together, but everybody agrees on, on the base premise that, you know, our capital markets are screwed up and we want to make some money. Like that's, mm. that's pretty much the two, the two subscription requirements that you have, right? System screwed up. We want to make money. Let's figure out how to do that. Sure. So how? So you mentioned Reddit, and I know that's where a lot of these communities start. And you can even see the influence on your your website with the slash, you know, education these these subreddit you know sort of visuals. What was missing? So bridging the gap between you know when when you're saying there's something wrong, your your CEO's leaving as a moderator. What did you feel was missing between what was going on there and what would ultimately become the start of Irvin Finance? So, you know, from from my and I'll give you my perspective. I I, I won't speak on you know Alex's reasons sure. for why he you know he decided to move uh, move the way he did and, and Dave and whatnot. But you know, Reddit is a great platform in many ways. Um, it is a horrendous platform in other ways. And one of the ways that it was horrendous, that was having a very kind of material impact on these communities that had, that had grown up was the, you know, the, the high incidence of malicious actors of, you know, folks coming in to derail the conversation. Um, you know, th there was no uh, uh, real indication and, and that, you know, that's one of the drawbacks of Reddit, right? The anonymity is great, but it's also anybody can make an account. And so there's all this outside influence and nobody could really trust um, necessarily, or rather not, not necessarily not trust, but the level of trust goes down, right? So mm -hmm. the, the, the burden of verification now increases a lot uh, when, when, when trying to determine the, you know, the accuracy of a statement. Or, or, you know, the accuracy of a due diligence uh, post or whatnot. And it's just not tailor-made for this kind of discussion, right? There, there's, there's a lot of human behavior and interaction, things that have to be taken care of to ensure the sanctity of the discourse, to make sure that there's not like overt outside influence and all of these things are present in Reddit. And I think that's, that's a, you know, one of, one of the motivations uh, uh, for us to do what we're doing, right. Is that we can, you know, we'll, we'll be able to create this community in which uh, we hold the keys and everybody is in it, in the community by virtue of, of really wanting to learn but there is a cost, right? It's there is a subscription model. There's going to be a freemium base, of course. But then the first, you know, kind of low price subscription tier, which I don't know what the price is going to be, less than less than ten bucks, like seven bucks, six bucks, something like that. Um, it allows access to these communities, and so you have to the the barrier to entry is is low enough that most people won't care, but it's high enough that if somebody wants to create a, multiple accounts and game the system, they're going to have to spend a lot of money. And it's a lot easier for us to, to find like find bad actors and, and, and mm -hmm. bad behavior programmatically and be able to kind of weed it out uh, as we go. So that's, that's kind of the big reason is that this is not purpose built for, for this kind of uh, activity. Right. This, this kind of reminds me. So we, at the, at the end of last year, we covered this, this trend that I was noticing 
really in fintech and um, the Web3 space, but really all over this sort of like community-led product, which is like people are galvanizing communities, finding what's interesting, and then building products out of there. And it sounds like this kind of the underpinning of what you're doing now. And so born out of this community you're building is your your core product, the terminal. So I'd love to understand a little bit more how you make these determinations on, okay, there's people talking, how do we build a product around that? How do you make those decisions uh, when you're listening to the community to, to, to build a product? Yeah. Yeah. So, so for us, it, you know, the, the, the community, right. The, the, the community is kind of the, the soup, right. The inherent medium that we find ourselves in community is going to happen no matter what, we don't have to force it. It's there. People are going to, are going to, you know, get together regardless, but you know, the, the main impetus was like, we were seeing, or Dave and Alex, and, and they brought it up. And as we I've done research, I've seen it right there. There's, there's several kind of pain points that, that were common across the experience of this community, right? We were, there's obviously there's the creators and then there's the consumers and on the creator side, right? They're one of their biggest pain points, the folks that were doing this kind of distributed financial analysis, um, is that their access to data was abysmal, uh, you know, tell me, so hold on, what's the, what's the quick, the quick way to explain what do you mean by uh, distributed financial analysis? What, what, what are these? This is a good one. This is, this is one that we came up with, uh, I don't know who came up with it, but essentially if you, if you think of, uh, a, a online community as a series of nodes, and you, if you conceptually understand the idea of distributed computing, where you, you know, uh, distribute a load, a task or whatever across multiple nodes, and then all the nodes take a little piece of it, and then they come back together. And the end result tends to be bigger and better than the sum of the parts, right? Okay. Um, and so if you think of Reddit as a distributed network, which it is, then each person or each group of people are a node. And so what happens is, you know, somebody will create what's called a DD document, a due diligence. Due diligence is a term used in kind of financial analysis to, to talk about, you know, it's, it's a white paper essentially. Uh, and so you've got these, these people or groups of people doing due diligence and they'll post it and then somebody else will pick it up. And somebody else will pick that up and somebody else will pick that up. And what happens over, you know, a span of time, maybe days, weeks and, and months and, and right now years, right? Cause we, we've got some, we've got some, some hypotheses that were made at the beginning of last year after the whole thing. And over the last 12 months, they've been refined and refined and refined and you get closer and closer and closer to the truth, right? It's very much like peer reviewing scientific journals and stuff like that, right? Like you can, uh, 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 clarify whether, like, determine whether the, the research process was was done appropriately, you know, what biases are involved, uh, the repeatability of results. So that's happening already organically. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of what we consider this distributed financial analysis. We have multiple people contributing to one document or a series of documents on a topic, and they're all able to contribute different areas of their own expertise. Um, and to making the final document even better and more informative and valuable than it would have been otherwise. That's, um, okay. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. So it's like you're, you're taking, it sounds like you're taking what some people are already doing, which is 
some analysis distributed and and across and you're making it easier for them. Yeah, and, that's that's the idea, right? Yeah. So, you know, the 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 data sources. So for the creators, a big part of their of their workflow involves like downloading reams of CSV data from FINRA, from the SEC, uh, you know, from from different aggregators for like, for example, exchange traded funds, ETFs, which themselves are aggregations of multiple stocks, right? Uh, uh, things like, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, failures to deliver, right? Uh, so all of this different data and these different items of interest that uh, help, you know, somebody who understands it analyze the company, analyze the activity that's happening, deduce what's what's occurring based on the confluence of these different factors. All this data was all over the place, right? You know, uh, one, one of one of my one of one of the creators that I that I that I chat with a lot, uh, he he focuses on ETFs. Uh, that's kind of his area of expertise. And he's a developer, you know, he he does other stuff on the side. Like his day job is data and 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 development and you know kind of data security kind of stuff. But he likes to do this for fun because he understands it, but his workflow involved him going to, I don't know, something like eight or 10 different websites. And within each website, he would then have to search and find the one particular file, then download it. And then once he got all of those downloaded, then he would have to perform some more calculations to derive like the weighting and the a mess, right? And it's, it's a whole long, painful process because of our relationships with data providers one of the pain points, and this is just as an example, right? One of the pain points that we can solve almost immediately is the, the, the co-location of all these data sources. Do you need data on ETFs? Here. Here's everything that you want to know about ETFs straight from the source. That's one of the things that, that we're aiming to solve. But, you know, imagine that across whatever aspect of, of, of financial research you want to imagine. Mm-hmm. It's usually the case that the data, you know, is either stale, uh, it's inaccurate, or it's just too expensive, right? Uh, uh, you know, a, a Bloomberg terminal uh, 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 subscription, I think it's like 25, 30 grand a year or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, like I, we don't, nobody has money for all that. Right. Uh, and so anyhow, that's that's kind of the the, the some of the pain points that we are planning on solving. That in, in actually in that description, you said you, so you're the, you're the, the head of design um, and this kind of gets me to buy, cause I'm curious how that role works. And you said something that I want to hit on, which is you're talking to one of the creators and it sounds like that's a part. So I'm curious, you know, what that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. are you doing this actively? Are you, do you stay active in the community or do you sort of set aside time to go do research before doing things? Tell me a little bit more about what your engagement looks like with the community today. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was a member of a community before, uh, of, of, the, of this community before I joined Urban Finance. So, you know, it, it, it really what it became was uh, an extension or a continuation of what I was already kind of doing. But yeah, a big part of it, because we already have the credibility and they know who I am, or at least I've seen my posts, I, you know, I've been able to approach them directly on Discord or on, you know, Reddit or Twitter and be like, hey, let's talk. And, you know, over the course of the last several months, we've developed these relationships where, yeah, I can just, if I have a question about something, I'll just get on Discord and email somebody, or message somebody, one, one of those creators. And they're generally very forthcoming. They're excited, right? Because the thing is, this, this, the whole community aspect, I think, is, is, is really, really critical because, you know, the reason why I'm so plugged in 
to, to these people is because these are the folks that we're building for, right? And we have the distinct advantage of having personal relationships with like prototypical examples and folks in the community who are good for us to build kind of personas around and build kind of the, the, the typical user that we're building for. Uh, but we can talk to them directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that's just part of my normal flow. We, you know, we have a Slack channel uh, or a Slack group, and we have a couple of community channels that we have for particular things. Like if, you know, for design, for example, I have a UX, a community UX channel that I invite people as, as needs arise and they can give their feedback from the community. Um, you know, we have the same with the data and development, uh, QA. Uh, and so the idea is, really it's just because we were born from the community. We want to build this with the community. Um, it sounds like you're, yeah. For them. It sounds like you're almost like building in public too. It sounds like you're, you've oh, got yeah. a QA channel. So you're just constantly staying engaged. We're trying. Really cool. Yeah. 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 A big, a big part of, you know, kind of one of the challenges that we're trying to solve for right now is how to appropriately kind of manage this additional web of overhead, right? That is managing the community or, or, or rather managing the, the community oriented product design process, right? Because, you know, research is typically a discrete portion of the design process, or at least right. a, a, a fairly well-defined portion of the design process. And so having this constant feedback requires me and, and us to kind of think in different ways about how to engage with them, how to best get feedback, how to launch things, how to build in public, right? Because this is, you know, we're all busy building, <laughs> which means that we have to add, you know, it's it's another kind of scope of responsibilities to then also mm-hmm. turn around and be public and open, but it's necessary, right? Because at the end of the day, like we, the only reason that we're able to build this is because 1,300 investors invested over a million dollars in our pre-seed <laughs> crowdfunding round. Uh, they have equity in the company. Right. They they have an ownership stake and a vested interest in ensuring that we succeed. And so it, it, they're the reason we're here. So it, if you, I mean, and that, that's really cool. So let's, let's actually like take a, uh, almost like a balcony perspective on this. And if you were to give advice to somebody who's listening to this thinking, I have a community, I want to build this way. What's been the hardest thing about that? So with your design background or even overseeing product, you know, components, what, what's the flip side of that? What are the things that have been challenging in, in terms of managing your workflow with that community-based approach? So, you know, one thing that I'm always watching out for is kind of this concept of signal versus noise. Um, the channels for engagement are going to be necessarily filled with noise. There's, there's, there's a lot of noise and it's, it's up to you to find the signal. And so, you know, managing the i mean just from a very technical perspective like the the array like the onslaught of notifications that i get on a minute by minute basis from from discord and twitter and all this stuff and it's you know finding that that medium where you are getting just enough information from your users but not injecting yourself 
into the into the like community comings and goings because with people right there's drama there's conflict there's you know tension whatever and if if you as a creator like as as a builder right you're building something you're a designer you're your product manager you're building something it's it's almost like you you have to push into the bubble without breaking the bubble mm. you know so imagine imagine like the community is this bubble and you're this little pebble on the outside you're little little bearing on the outside and and you're trying to get as much information and data from the community from that bubble from inside the bubble but you have to make sure that you don't actually puncture the bubble and get inside the community and involved as one of the community um and that sounds a bit cynical but the reason i say that is because it, it helps to have that detachment uh, yeah. when observing it. So almost like you're, you're, you're going into the bubble, but the, the border is still intact. You're just pushing in and seeing things from the inside. Then you're able to move out and, you know, compare what you've learned and analyze from that community with broader kind of more quantifiable concerns, you know, you know yeah, product management standards and whatnot. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I wish the, the audience could see your, your hand m movements <laughs> to show that bubble. But I think that that's actually really insightful because one of the challenges that I've seen, I, I've been in design for a long time. It's always this um, been, been this question of how much do you need to know the industry you're designing for to be good at design? And because a lot of times design is patterns. It's you can apply them in a bunch of different areas, but there's something fairly unique about what you're describing where I, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like you coming from the community really helps you to be able to understand how to sift through the noise and pick out signals. So then I start wondering, well, I guess I have two questions. One, do you ever get concerned that you are just too much inside and you can't get that sort of arm's length view anymore? Or two, how do you scale to get somebody to come in who maybe doesn't know that? Or do you think you'll always have to continue growing the team from within the community? A couple of questions there. Um, so regarding like how to, if, if I'm worried about, you know, losing objectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's, there's always that risk. Right. And, and so it, it, part of it is by necessity and part of it just happened. Right. Like I think, the fact that I'm so busy and I'm always in calls and meetings and doing something kind of helps minimize the time that I spend on the platform so that, you know, when I'm on there, it's focused um, and, and I don't get wrapped up in it. That's kind of one thing. So I would say, you know, set up smart notifications and, and set up a time to check your communities and your chats. But then the other side, what's helped me is that instead of trying to observe the whole community, I just, zero in on just a few people, right? A few people that are representative of the mm. community, uh, that maybe have influence within the community, um, and that and that represent kind of an array of of skill sets or interests or pain points, right? And so to that end, I think, I mean, last I checked, we had maybe like six, six maybe, seven creators that, that we're kind of re semi-regularly communicating with, um, to get, you know, questions and get ideas and stuff. But like, for example, uh, let me just give you a little bit something different. So a big part of our mission is education and 
We are uh, engaged with an educational uh, consultancy that is is conducting really great research to help us build a, a scientifically accurate learning approach so that we can build out our curriculum in ways that make sense, uh, that help people actually level up. That's not just fluff. And part of their process is user interviews. And because we have this network of creators, we were able to very quickly say, hey, you want you guys want to talk to these four people. These are great for you to get started because they'll they're they're kind of anchors in the community and they can you can scale the 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 insights that you get from them to other members of the community. Mm. Um that's you know, but th- 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 there's always that concern. And then you had a second question and maybe I missed it because I rambled on a little too long. No, it was like an alternative. And that was my fault for asking too. that, that you answered the, the question. I think partly it was just a different lens on um, how, I guess, how important does the background knowledge that you have gotcha. really, you know, feed what you're doing? Like you're still early on with, with, with Irvin in the terminal, but at some point you're going to scale. You think about, when we bring other people in here, do they need to come from the community or do you think that they can, it's almost like a question of like, can somebody succeed at design and building product alongside you all if they don't know that? Like, do, do, yeah. is that helpful or that hinder them? You know, what, what does that feel like? Yeah. So, so right now, right, like our, our entire approach, because we're looking at this, you know, our, our company is going to have different stages, right? And our needs are different at different stages. And right now, because we're trying to build culture, we're trying to build the core product, build the core team. Yeah, absolutely. Domain knowledge and expertise is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm actually in the middle of hiring right now. Um, and we have a few interviews this week, final interviews. And, you know, while their domain expertise isn't necessarily super high, there's familiarity with the, with the thing, with, with kind of the domain. But additionally, right, it's, uh, it's the ability to think in systems and learn quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us as, as a core team, yeah, domain expertise is critical. Um, as we start growing, right, and you start growing a design team, uh, uh, you know, it, it would be it would be impossible to grow and scale if we required every one of our right. designers, for example, to come from the community or to have fintech experience or to understand the domain fully, because right. you know that that'll that'll bias us right it'll 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 move the team in a certain direction unconsciously and you know variety of perspectives is great variety of experiences is great um it's necessary so so no i i would say to answer your question succinctly uh, at the beginning stages domain expertise is critical um but it's not a requirement to grow a design team okay um because you can teach a lot of this stuff yeah, no, that that's really I, I appreciate that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So, getting back to the product, and let's. It's a final question for you. So, thinking about where you've been so far, um, we've covered that. What I'm curious for you is what is on the horizon for for Terminal in 2022. We're still early, although it's it's uh, now February and, and snowing everywhere. But yes. when you think about by the end of the year, what are you hoping to learn or or, or build this year? Yeah. So, you know, right now, obviously we're, we're focused on our alpha delivery. So our, our dot one alpha release is coming out very soon, hopefully within the next four weeks, we've got, I think two sprints is what we're planning for, for alpha. Uh, 
and uh, yeah, just, just the, the, my, my, uh, you know, my, my biggest headache is just figuring out how to manage all the data and, and, and get analytics in there really, really solid because inside the product itself, you know, but in terms of kind of where we see ourselves and, and where I see myself, uh, you know, in the product, you know, within the next year, right. We've got a couple of really interesting partnerships on the horizon. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that those will pan out. And, and really grow and, and show dividends because I think that'll help us scale and grow. Um, but really, I, I, what, I, what I want to find out is if the, the interaction model and the network model that we've kind of built in, in our minds about how this whole system, you know, kind of the meta system works, um, I'm curious to see if, if those hypotheses prove right. Um, you know, we're we're building following, uh, the playbook of, uh, you know, uh, like if, I don't know if you've read it, the cold start problem, right. Uh, by Andrew Chen from A16C, he talks about, uh, uh, you know, leveraging network effects. Right. Uh, and, and for us, our, our, our thesis, right. Is that we, we are operating within a, a, a network, right. The community and our product is going to enable leverage and power and amplify that network. So how do we identify the different parts of the network? And for us, we have a supply and demand side, right? Our creators are the supply side, consumers are the demand side. And so I, my, my theory is that by empowering the creators to generate more content, we can get the consumers to uh, interact with the creators more. And you have kind of this loop going where they're, they're feeding each other back, but the educational component, which is something that I didn't get a chance to speak about, but you know, it's, it's critical. It's going to be free for everybody. Always. It's like the mission part of our mission focus. That educational part is going to be kind of the wild card because as as creators are generating content getting feedback from consumers the consumers are actively educating themselves and leveling up their skill set and their knowledge mm. and so the value the quality of the feedback that the creators are getting is is hopefully going to increase right that quality is going to get better and higher and they'll be able to produce more value and more quality analysis um and so i want to see if that plays out because right if we can have a, a platform, you know, full of people that can, that can generate the stuff and then they can monetize it. Right. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm creating, you know, financial success for people. I'm, we're, we're helping build that out, but I'm hoping that that's, I want to, I want to see if that rings out true. I, I, no, I suspect makes... it will, but I think it, I want to check. And it almost seems like too, like if you bring in that education component, you're constantly leveling up the the consumers you might be creating longer term creators there too to keep feeding that side that that, that makes a lot of idea. sense i can see why education is such a key component of, of what you all are doing so yeah. well that that was phenomenal and i appreciate the reference to the book we have the the book here at the office the cold start problem by andrew chen and i still haven't opened it but um it's nice to hear you you refer to it is it is it has it been helpful yeah oh it's 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 been uh it's been uh eye-opening Awesome. Um, just to understand the mechanics, because at the end of the day, right, it, it just confirms, you know, my, my perspective that people are people. And no matter how much technology we put in between people, uh, at the other side of a screen, there's always going to be a person. Uh, a wrinkly and, brain. And or or smooth brains. Or we, smooth we brains. We don't, yeah, we don't, we don't exactly. know yet. We don't, we don't know, know yet. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah, but you yeah, know, there's no. always a person. Yep. No, totally. Um, well, thank you so much, Sly, for taking the time. You, you're busy. You probably got a million notifications right now during this talk that you got to get to. But I really appreciate your time in, in breaking this down and really looking forward to uh, watching you all evolve over the next year with, with uh, the Terminal product that you guys are releasing. So thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Better Product Community. We've got all sorts of content and resources for you. And if you want more audio, don't forget The Business of Product is our latest show to join the Better Product Network. And you can find that and more at betterproduct.community.